0: Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Schell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we're finishing up our sermon series where we have been talking all about prayer. And over the last couple of episodes, we focused in on some problems that we have when it comes to the way that we pray. So we've talked about the fact that we need to be more persistent when we pray. And last week, we talked about the fact that we need to be more specific when we pray. But there's one more area where we struggle when it comes to our prayers, and that's what we're going to be talking about in this last sermon in the series. So with that in mind, let's get right into this episode sermon. So over the last few weeks, we have spent our time together digging deeper into the topic of prayer. And we've been doing that by exploring something that the Apostle Paul, who was the foremost missionary and theologian of the first century, wrote about prayer. In a letter that Paul wrote to the church in the ancient city of Philippi, Paul had this to say about prayer. He wrote, Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. And these two verses have helped us to learn a whole lot about prayer over the last few weeks. These verses have told us that prayer is about bringing our requests to God. But we went a little bit deeper and we learned that prayer isn't just about bringing your requests to God. Prayer is expressing your deepest feelings, your hopes, your dreams, your desires, your hurt, your pain, and your sorrow in a completely unrestrained way. Or to put it another way, Prayer is pouring your heart out to God, but that's not all that prayer is. Prayer is also about letting God pour his heart out to you. Prayer is about knowing what's in God's heart for you and for your life, knowing the promises that God makes to us all, and believing that God will keep his promises. But that's not all that we learned about prayer over the last few weeks, either. We've also spent some of our time exploring some of the problem areas that we all have when it comes to our prayer life. And we found that we bring our requests to God in prayer, we're often vague about it. And God doesn't want us to pray these vague prayers. Instead, God wants us to pray specific prayers. So there is no doubt in our minds when God answers those prayers. And then last Sunday... We talked about the problem with only praying for something instead of praying through. We're pretty good at praying for a person or for a problem or for whatever else. But when we pray for, we pray a few times before we move on to something else. But when we pray through, we keep praying until we see an answer to our prayers. Now, That's a lot of stuff that we've learned from just a couple of verses that we find in the book of Philippians, but there's still one more thing in these verses that I think we need to explore today. So let me read part of this passage for you again. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says, "...don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks." It's the last part of this verse that I want us to dig deeper into today, the part that says, along with giving thanks. Now, I want you to understand what Paul is telling the people that he writes this letter to in the church in Philippi, and what Paul is telling all of us here. Paul is telling us that when we're feeling anxious, we should not only turn to God with our concerns and our requests, Paul is also telling us that when we're anxious, we should give thanks to God. When you're anxious, you should give thanks to God. Now, I don't know what's going on in your head right now, but that sounds a little weird to me. And it sounds a little weird to tell us that we should give thanks to God when we're feeling anxious. What would make sense here is for Paul to tell us to bring our request to God and then give God thanks when God answers our prayers, right? But that's not what Paul says. Paul says to give thanks to God when you are anxious so how is that even possible when you're feeling stressed out about money how can you give thanks to god when you're worried about your health how can you give thanks to god when you're anxious about your relationships with your spouse or with your kids how can you give thanks to god or to put that question another way how can you give thanks to god when you don't have anything to be thankful for how can you give thanks to god When you don't have anything to be thankful for. Now, this is the point in the sermon where I could give you a whole bunch of platitudes. I could tell you that there is always something to be thankful for. If you're struggling with your money, well, you still have your health. Or if your health isn't too great, at least you still have your family. Or if your family is falling apart, well, at least the sun is shining. But I don't want to be trite with you. I want to be honest And what I can honestly tell you is that when you're worried about something, when you're stressed about something, when you're anxious about something, you can't see past those worries, past those stresses, past that anxiety. So instead of seeing praises, all you see are problems. So how can you give thanks to God in the middle of your life's biggest problems? Well, to answer that question, I want to turn to a story about someone who does just that. I want to turn to a story about someone who actually gives thanks to God in the middle of his life's biggest problem. So, if you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and grab it, and you can turn with me to Psalm 57. And if you have a printed Bible, the book of Psalms is smack dab in the middle of it. And the book of Psalms, well, it's kind of like a hymnal. And if you have no idea what a hymnal is, it's a book that is filled with poetry and songs that help us to worship God. And the book of Psalms is filled with songs and poetry that are written by people who find themselves all along the faith spectrum. There are people like the one that we'll find in Psalm 57 who are facing some of life's most difficult moments. And there are other psalms where the authors are celebrating all the great things that God is doing. So wherever you're at in your relationship with God today, there's a psalm written by someone who understands exactly how you're feeling. But let's get back to Psalm 57. And before we dig into this psalm, I just want to read the inscription that this psalm has for you. This is what it says. For the music leader, do not destroy. A psalm of David when he fled from Saul into the cave. So, this inscription is giving us the background for the psalm that we're about to read. This psalm was written as a prayer for David when he was fleeing from Saul and hiding in a cave. But that's just the broad brushstrokes of the story. Let me give you some of the finer details. Now, just about everybody is familiar with David, and that's because of one story. The story of David and Goliath. In that story, David is just a boy, and he defeats the giant Goliath in a battle using nothing more than a slingshot and a few small stones. But there is way more to David's story than just the story of Goliath. And right after David defeats Goliath, he becomes a hero for all of Israel. Remember, Goliath was an enemy that no one in all of Israel was willing to stand up to. And David not only stood up to him, David defeated him. David killed him. And Saul, he is Israel's king when all of this happens. And he starts to worry about just how popular David is becoming. And even worse, Saul becomes jealous because of all the attention that David's getting. So Saul, who once again is the king of Israel, he decides to eliminate David. At first, Saul tries to do this himself by throwing a couple of spears at David. But when that doesn't work, Saul unleashes his entire army. And David does what anyone else would have done in that situation. He runs away. And while he is running away from Saul, David eventually ends up hiding out in a cave. Now, I have faced some difficult times in my life, but I have to admit, I have never faced a king once be dead and sends his entire army out to kill me kind of difficult time. But even while David is on the run, even with an entire army out to get him, even when his life hangs in the balance, even when he is hiding out in the back of a cave, David is still able to thank God. And that's what we'll read about in Psalm 57. So let's listen to David's prayer. This is what he says. Have mercy on me, God. Have mercy on me because I have taken refuge in you. I take refuge in the shadow of your wings until destruction passes by. I call out to God most high, to God who comes through for me. He sends orders from the heavens and saves me, rebukes the one who tramples me. God sends his loyal love and faithfulness. My life is in the middle of a pack of lions. I lie down among those who devour humans. Their teeth are spears and arrows. Their tongues are sharpened swords. Exalt yourself, God, higher than heaven. Let your glory be over all the earth. They laid a net for my feet to bring me down. They dug a pit for me, but they fell into it instead. My heart is unwavering, God. My heart is unwavering. I will sing and make music. Wake up, my glory. Wake up, harp and lyre. I will walk. I will wake the dawn itself. I will give thanks to you, my Lord, among all the peoples. I will make music to you among the nations because your faithful love is as high as heaven. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. Exalt yourself, God, higher than heaven. Let your glory be over all the earth. So, did you hear how David describes his life in Psalm 57? In verse 4, David says his life is in the middle of a pack of lions, whose teeth are as sharp as spears and their tongues are as sharp as swords, and they're waiting to devour him. Remember, David is in hiding in the back of a cave while an army is out searching for him. And the army isn't just out searching for him. They're actually right outside of the cave that he's hiding in. And Saul, the king of Israel, the guy who wants David dead, he even goes inside of this cave at one point. So there's no wonder why David feels like he's surrounded by lions that are waiting to pounce. But the truly amazing thing about the psalm is that in the very next breath, Right after David says that he feels like he's caught in the middle of a pack of lions, is that David turns around and he starts exalting God. And we're not just talking about run-of-the-mill exalting here. No, David calls for the harp and the lyre and he starts singing praises to God. But how can he do that? I mean, this guy is hiding in a cave while an army is out searching for him. And he's praising God. That just doesn't seem to make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense unless you remember all of David's story. You see, this story of hiding in the cave, it's not an isolated event. It's part of David's larger story. So yes, things aren't looking real great for David in the present while Saul is out to get him. But David doesn't just have a present. David also has a past and he has a future. And in the past, David has seen God at work in his life. Remember the story that we all know about David, the story about David and Goliath. David was there. He lived out that story. He saw when the rock in his slingshot managed to kill a giant that no one in all of Israel was brave enough to stand up to. And David knew that that was all because of God. So David has a history with God. And David knew that God would protect and deliver him from Saul just like God protected and delivered him from Goliath. But David doesn't just have a past with God, he also has a future. Before David ever meets Saul, before David ever faces Goliath, David is anointed to be the next king of Israel. So David knows that God has not just promised him a future, David knows that God has promised him that he will be king. And you can't be king if you end up dead in the back of a cave. So David can praise God in the present, Because David remembers what God has done for him in the past, and David knows about what God has promised him for the future. And we can do the exact same thing. We can do the same thing. No matter what you're going through right now, you can praise God in the present because of what God has done for you in the past and what God has promised to do for you in the future. You can praise God in the present because of what God has done for you in the past, because of what God has promised you for the future. But to do that, you have to know your past. You have to be able to look at your life and see those times where God has reached out for you and helped you. And you have to know what God has promised you. And we talked about how you can know what God promised for you just a few weeks back. Back. But when, you're, when you know your past, and when you know God's promises for your future, then you can praise God right now. You can praise God right now. You can praise God no matter what is happening in your life. You can praise God no matter what difficulties you may be facing. You can praise God no matter what kind of hard times you're facing. You can praise God right now. Now, I'll be honest with you here. We have covered a whole lot of ground over the last few weeks as we've dug deeper into the topic of prayer. And next week, we're going to be moving on into a whole new series of sermons. But I don't want you to just move on from everything that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. I want everything that we've learned about prayer to change the way that you pray. Because everything that we talk about on Sunday mornings... Well, it's just a waste of time if it doesn't stick with us and change the way that we live out our lives every other day. So when you pray, remember what the Apostle Paul has taught us. Remember that you don't have to be anxious in anything that's happening in your life. But to get rid of that anxiety, you have to bring all of your requests to God. Everything that is in your heart to God in your prayers. And you can't hold anything back when you bring those, rec- those requests and those concerns to God. And you don't just pray for what's in your heart once or twice. You don't just pray for something. You have to pray through them. You have to keep praying about everything that's making you feel anxious, everything that's making you feel worried, everything that's making you feel concerned, until you make it through to the other side. You have to keep praying until God answers. And don't forget that prayer is a two-way street. Prayer is not just about you talking to God. It's not just about you pouring your heart out to God. It's about letting God speak to you and pour out what's in his heart for you. You have to let God share the promises that he has for our lives. And while you're praying, you need to remember to give thanks to God. Give thanks to God even if you don't feel like you have very much to be thankful for right now. And you can give thanks to God by remembering that you have a past with God, you have a future with God, and that God is with you in the present. So I'd encourage you to spend some time thinking about all the ways that you have seen God's hand at work in your life over the years. Maybe it hasn't been to the extent that it was for David. Maybe you never saw a giant fall but you have seen God reach his hand into your life to change your life forever. Let's do these things. Do everything that we've talked about when you're praying. Pour your heart out to God. Let God pour his heart out to you. Bring everything that makes you anxious to God and let God take that anxiety away and give you peace. Be willing to pray specific prayers to let God know exactly what's going on in your life. Let God speak to what's really happening. And let God change your life through it. And keep on praying. Keep on praying. Don't give up on your prayers. Pray through them. Pray from one side of the situation to the other. And give thanks. Always give thanks to God. And never forget who we get to talk to when we pray. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in them. And that includes you and me. And yet, as big as God is, as powerful as God is, God chooses to let us come and speak to him, to talk with him, to listen to him. So remember who you get to talk to when you pray and let God speak into your life. Because when you do, he'll be there. He'll listen. He'll help you make it through whatever you're facing. That's who God is. That's the God we get to pray to. So let's do a better job of praying. Now let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this time of prayer, we are just overwhelmed by everything that we've talked about over the last few weeks. Everything that prayer can be about in our lives, God. And you know that none of us do as good a job of praying as we should. You know that our prayers sometimes are few and far between. You know that our prayers are often self-centered and we're only concerned about what you can do for us. You know that when we pray, we do a whole lot of talking and not very much listening. You know that we're quick to offer our thoughts and our prayers to people going through a difficult time we don't do a great job of persevering with those prayers. So God, my prayer for all of us today is that you challenge us to do a better job of praying. Let us never forget who we get to talk to in our prayers. That you, the God of the he- who created the heavens and the earth and everything in them, including us, invite us to come and speak to you. God, help us. Help us to do a better job of exercising that privilege, of speaking to you. So God, let us pour our hearts out to you while you pour your heart back out to us. Teach us to be specific in in the way that we pray so that we never have any doubt when you answer those prayers. God, help us to be more diligent in our prayers, to persevere with those prayers so that we can see them through from one side to the other. And God, never let us forget that when we pray, we should always be praising you. Because you are the God that has given us a past, that is with us in the present, and that will be with us in the future. So let us praise you, even when we don't feel like we have much to praise you for right now. Help us. Help us to do a better job of being in our relationship with you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has challenged you to do a better job of giving thanks whenever you pray. Because yes, I know we all go through times when it feels like we have absolutely nothing to be thankful for. But when we feel that way, we forget that we have a past with God and we have a future with God as well. We have a past where God has been with us and he has helped us make it through so many difficult times along the way. And we have a future where God promises us brighter tomorrows. So hold on to that whenever you're struggling and think that you've got nothing else to be thankful for. Well, like I said, this wraps up our series on prayer. So next week, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons where we're going to be thinking about how we can find rhythm for our life. And that series is going to be preached by our own Joe Noland, and it'll be a three-week series. So we hope that you'll come back and join us then. Well, until next time, I hope that you guys have a great week. I will be praying for you, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another sermon podcast.